the contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They're not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Hashtag Barb. Today on The Lab Report, we're going to talk to Dr. Akil Palanasamy, autoimmunity specialist and author of the new book, The Tiger Protocol. It's going to be a mashup of integrative and Ayurveda. Hmm. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. Thanks for letting her do that. She's been citing that verbatim That's for impressive. Like weeks. That's impressive. I know. She listens a lot. There's some big words in there, too. She did well. Thanks. Hello. Hi, Michael Chapman. How are you today? I'm doing just fine, Patty Devers. How are you doing today? I'm crushing it. Living my best life. Awesome. All that kind of stuff. Cool. Yeah. All right. You feeling better? Yeah. I'm glad. You did get IV fluids, right? I did. Wow. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad you're better. I'm Me you're better. too. So anyway, uh, this is a podcast. It's called The Lab Report. It's brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. Thank you very much, Genova. It's where we talk about things like functional medicine, specialty lab testing, integrative therapeutics, and a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. And if you're new to the show, welcome. And if you're returning, thanks so much for your support. I love mm-hmm. when people give us feedback. We get a lot of stars and reviews on iTunes, mm-hmm. and we actually get shout-outs on social media. Yeah. So I want to shout-out to Monica because she's been sharing our promos, which is super great. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. And if you have additional feedback, you can always send it. You know, you, you have this option. Mm-hmm. It's it's in your hands. Yep. Uh, podcast at gdx.net is our email address. Feel free to use it. Uh, and maybe you're a big fan, and you want to do the disclaimer. Hey, Call us up. Maybe that's an option. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you got to do something for us. You got to leave a review. You got to make it <laughs> really, really good, too. Not just one of those mediocre three star wow. reviews. Yeah. But no, Patty, sometimes I feel like I talk a lot about my personal life on this show, and, yeah. and the audience doesn't get to know you very much. So, what's been going on with you? What What's new in the world of Patty? Let me think. Got any major viral illnesses recently? No, actually. Pestilence? I'm, nope. Actually, I'm fairly resistant. House falling apart? I, nope. I spend my life just, you know, keeping things together while your life goes a little haywire. So. I think you should take kickboxing or something. You do? Yeah. Kickboxing? Yeah. I'm not that violent. That's why you should take it. To do what? To bring that to out get, of me? Yeah, exactly. Aggressive to get your, nature? To just to get your, your ire out. I don't really have a lot of ire. It's in there somewhere. Everyone's got ire. You think? I, I put it on a shirt. Everyone's got ire. <laughs> Everyone except, I think, Dr. Akil Palanasamy. Because I'm going to agree with this. He has a very strong meditation practice. He's got a very strong yoga practice. And that's just one of the facets of the Tiger Protocol that we're going to talk with him about. And it's specific to autoimmunity, which is not something that we've really tackled Kind of not directly, you know what I mean. We've, we've uh, done a few a few times, but I think this is so good difficult. because the, the the functional medicine or integrative personalized approach to treating and addressing autoimmunity is something we really have not hit on. So yeah. this is going to be fantastic. Yeah, I mean we've talked about kind of Crohn's, but like as a general kind of bulk sure. concept, autoimmunity is so difficult, and I've got so many questions that we shouldn't waste any more time. Let's just start asking. Let's start peppering Dr. Akil with questions, uh, which uh, is kind of our specialty, right? Let's call him. Patty. I know, Michael. This Exciting. is legendary. This, I know. Uh, this, is, this is the meeting of so many incredible minds. Okay. I can't wait. So, 
And by Incredible Minds, I'm mostly talking about Dr. Palanasami. So <laughs> Akhil Palanasami, MD, is a Harvard-trained physician who practices integrative medicine, blending his conventional medical expertise with holistic approaches, including functional medicine and Ayurveda. Dr. Akhil attended Harvard University and graduated magna cum laude with a Bachelor of Arts in Biochemical Sciences. He earned an MD from the University of California, San Francisco, UCSF, and completed family medicine residency training at Stanford University. How about that? He <laughs> then graduated from a fellowship in integrative medicine with Dr. Andrew Weil at the University of Arizona and received certification in mind-body medicine from the Georgetown University Center. So Dr. Akil is the department chair for integrative medicine at the Sutter Health Institute for Health and Healing, IHH. He has also served as IHH physician director for community education and leads their educational initiatives and programs. And Dr. Akil has been a consultant with the Medical Board of California for many years. A widely known speaker and educator. He is the author of The Tiger Protocol, his latest upcoming book, May 9th, and The Paleovedic Diet, a complete program to burn fat, increase energy, and reverse disease. As he has done for two plus decades, Dr. Achilles sees patients and conducts clinical research studies in the San Francisco Bay Area, and in his free time, he enjoys playing tennis, traveling, and spending time with his wife and daughter. Aww. Aww, with that, <laughs> welcome to the show, Dr. Achilles. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you, Michael and Patty. Great to be on the show. Well, we're pretty excited because it's clear from this bio, you are a professional smarty pants. I mean, Stanford, (laughs) Harvard, Andrew Weil, like Ayurveda in India. And I think the first place we want to go, because I know Michael's obsession with this, Mm. is I want to talk to you about Ayurveda and Mm. your training and and how that Ayurvedic training shaped how you view conventional medicine and Mm. and how are you putting this all together? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I think that um, the difference is that Ayurveda is more of a qualitative science. So it's focused on qualities of foods and the body focused on the five elements. Um, And then with conventional medicine, you know, it's more quantitative and same with functional medicine, more lab testing, more numbers. Um, So I find um, kind of uh, integrating both worlds uh, gives people a lot of value because they can benefit from that kind of qualitative perspective, understanding about foods uh, from that angle, but then also, you know, I I love to bring in the data from the functional medicine side. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a different approach. Do you find that sometimes it it can help to to sort of guide whether it's a particular diet you're recommending for someone or maybe a nutritional intervention, just understanding some of that qualitative information? Oh, yes, absolutely. Because, um, you know, it's... uh, um, really helpful to frame it in terms of qualities uh, for each body because Ayurveda believes in body types where there's kind of different uh, body types that are determined from uh, birth. And then those lead to like different tendencies, different strengths and weaknesses. And so um, I think that lens can, can be very insightful. Yeah, it yeah. is a different approach because you might be speaking to someone who actually doesn't like data and doesn't want that various <laughs> approach. So I love that. Yeah. Well, and speaking of data and just sort of the empiricism of, of conventional medicine, um, it sounds like, you know, it seems through your books and your practice, a lot of your work has kind of been in the realm of clarifying misunderstandings, misconceptions. If, for example, the Paleovedic diet, you discussed a lot about diet misconceptions. So mm-hmm. what do you think are some of the, the major misconceptions that people might have initially about diet? Yeah, that was the focus of my book, The Paleovedic Diet, which is to clarify that 
uh, at paleo really should be a plant-based diet because uh, that was one thing I was seeing a lot was in the media was it was portrayed as a meat heavy diet. Mm. Um, whereas if you actually look at what our ancestors ate for millions of years, it was uh, mostly plant foods like um, roots and tubers and leaves and uh, and berries. And yes, they would uh, hunt or fish uh, when able, but um, in terms of the free, like uh, everyday regular meals, it was mostly plant-based. So I think that was a key misconception. I like that. Yeah. Huh. And, and that was a fascinating book, but you also have an upcoming book called The Tiger Protocol, and it's diving into the specifics of how to address autoimmunity. And I think it's incredibly timely because there does seem to be a, a, a trend, an uptick in autoimmune conditions. Why do you think that is? Why are we seeing that clinically? Yeah, it's pretty um, scary because some of these have risen like 500% just in the wow. past couple of decades. Wow. And uh, um, yeah, and I think it's kind of this perfect storm of factors that is contributing to that. Okay. Um, all of these things are kind of drivers of autoimmunity, like the rise in environmental toxins, the decline in our food supply, the quality, um, the rise of stress, um, rise of infections uh, as well. Um, and then also the deteriorating microbiome, like uh, most people are, you know, losing a lot of the diversity and the, the health of the microbiome. So um, it's this perfect storm of factors that has come together that are all kind of driving autoimmunity. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's amazing. Just even how the, even the the occurrence the presence of things that we have, we thought were so incredibly rare you know 30 40 years ago right. um, we're just seeing so much more of it and i feel like as, as clinicians oftentimes we tend to think of autoimmune disease as a lifelong sentence you know it's like once you get this diagnosis mm. you have it and now we're just about managing your symptoms and that's kind of the end of it is this the right way to be thinking about autoimmune disease well, I think it's important to distinguish between uh, remission and cure in okay. that question, yeah. because I think that uh, uh, most autoimmune diseases are, they're very difficult to cure, but they can be bought into remission, which is where the disease is quiet, um, you're not really having symptoms, and you're having a good quality of life and with the minimum number of medications. And that's a sustainable goal. Um, and uh, I think that, um, yeah, remission is definitely possible. Uh, Possible, but I want to be honest with people that um, curing an autoimmune disease is very difficult unless you are super early in the disease process, just uh, uh, the earlier, the better. Um, and, um, um, you know, the more proactive, the better. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. But I know the TIGER protocol is, it's an acronym, right? So can you talk mm -hmm. a little bit about the TIGER protocol and, and how you use it to address autoimmune patients? Yes. Um, so the the acronym TIGER stands for those five uh, drivers of autoimmunity, which are toxins, um, infections, gut health, which we can dive into further, mm -hmm. um, eating right, so the, the food and the diet uh, point of view, and then R is rest, so including proper sleep and including stress reduction techniques uh, because the, the mind-body connection is, um, is so important. So uh, what I have found is that the same causes that uh, heal autoimmune disease also can help prevent it. So 
for someone who's healthy, who doesn't fortunately does not have an autoimmune disease, uh, addressing these five areas actually will help prevent the development of um, anything autoimmune because there is a spectrum in terms of uh, mild and you know sometimes non-specific symptoms. So uh, prevention is a great um, you know great goal um, through this protocol. Um, and then I have found uh, in my research that these same five root causes also contribute to the um, obesity epidemic, mm. uh, to heart disease, which is the biggest killer of people, and to um, diabetes uh, as well, which is really rampant. So for example, like some of these toxins that I talk about in the book, like environmental pollutants mm -hmm. are classified as obesogens, mm. meaning that they uh, promote obesity and weight gain and others are considered in the literature as diabetogens, meaning they promote diabetes and insulin resistance. So it's all connected in terms of the, the chronic disease epidemic too. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, we're talking about some of the, you know, the biggest drivers for kind of your overall health. So, you know, their impact on, on the, the major chronic diseases. I wonder, especially with autoimmunity, we tend to see them start to stack on to each other. You know, once you're diagnosed with one, then, you see so often you'll get, okay, there's a second and a third and a fourth one coming on board. What, what do you feel like it is underneath that makes autoimmunity like that? Is it just is what you're talking about with the titer protocol or is it something unique to the immune system? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so that is unfortunately very common. I saw, I have some patients with five or six autoimmune diseases, um, and uh, there are over 100 different types of autoimmune disease, and uh, they differ based on which uh, end organ or cell is damaged ultimately. Because uh, just taking a step back, you know, autoimmune disease uh, is where the immune system, which is supposed to defend and protect us, turns on itself and starts attacking your own cells. Um, and um, so whether that, depending on where that occurs, like if it's in the gut, then you get inflammatory bowel disease. If it's in the joints, you might get rheumatoid arthritis. If it's in the brain, it's multiple sclerosis and on and on. Um, but, you know, the same kind of five underlying root causes contribute to all the, the autoimmune kind of activation. And so um, if you're not addressing these kind of key root causes, then it can lead, it can attack a new tissue, then you get a new autoimmune disease, and then it can attack a different tissue. And so that attack can, um, can proceed in that way. Mm. Yeah. I, I want to talk about some of these specific root causes in this tiger protocol. Yeah. First and foremost, toxins. I mean, you talked about the exposome as it is in our world today. Mm -hmm. Um, and, I think I've heard, or may have, may have actually been in the book, that you, you can't completely remove every single toxin, but your job is to mitigate that and mitigate that exposome. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think my focus is really on um, helping people like reduce uh, exposures to toxins. What are strategies you can take for that? Uh, and keeping in mind, like you said, you can't live in a zero toxin world that does not exist. Um, and uh, you know, you also want to enhance your detox capacities um, by you know sweating, which is a great way, like in a sauna, to detoxify and um, using your diet. Like uh, one of my favorite foods for detox is um, beet greens, like the leafy tops of beetroot. Um, they have unique compounds called beta-lanes that help your uh, upregulate your glutathione, which is how the liver, uh, one of the ways it detoxifies. And then also they, they help methylation, which is another important um, component of detox. So I love using foods like uh, beet greens and cruciferous vegetables to help with that detox process. 
That's Got great. Yeah. That's great. That's right up our, our alley here. <laughs> I, and I mean, <laughs> I have to ask too, this is a little bit um, personal, I guess, but I just got over a really bad GI illness. And mm. so with the eye being uh, an infection in this particular case, I'm wondering how much, like, is there a certain type of infection or infectious insult or, or how does that play a role in autoimmunity and autoimmune development? Yeah, so um, uh, I think the uh, bacterial uh, infections and overgrowth, um, like dysbiosis, is definitely the most well studied, and that's pretty uh, pretty clear and established. But then also, uh, scientists are studying fungal organisms like Candida overgrowth um, that's been implicated in a number of autoimmune diseases. They're also looking at mycobacteria, mm. uh, things like MAP bacteria, which are um, in, which are involved in like type 1 diabetes and multiple sclerosis. Then there's viruses like Epstein-Barr virus is a common one implicated in certain autoimmune diseases. Um, there are archaea, which are like the different class of organisms that produce methane in the gut. And sometimes if they overgrow, that causes inflammation and autoimmunity. And finally, there are parasites as well, which um, can be um, sometimes drivers of you know, immune dysregulation. And uh, even though they're very common in some people who are sensitive, they're um, important factors. Okay, mm -hmm. I want to follow up on this. Mm -hmm. Because to Michael's point, he was quite sick, sir, Dr. Hill. Okay. But that yeah. being said, the I and the <laughs> I G... I had IV fluids yesterday. Just... <laughs> oh, wow. Right. Okay. So the wow. I and the G are infection and gut health. And, you know, we're a lab. Michael and I speak to clinicians all day long. We look at microbiome testing. And, you know, the patterns that you're describing are things like dysbiosis and, and parasites, yep. which, is, which is pretty common. You're going to treat a parasite if a patient's symptomatic. But my question mm -hmm. is this, because we get it from clinicians on the telephone a lot. Like, there are some bacteria that aren't overt pathogens that can grow it on mm -hmm. our test that do have some associations. I'm thinking things like Proteus or Klebsiella or, you know, some of these that have remote associations. If you see this on a stool test, are you just preemptively targeting it mm -hmm. and treating a bacteria that may or may not be contributing to autoimmunity? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Okay. Great question. Um, so um, I always like to try to take a high level look uh, at, you know, the overall uh, environment, all the different aspects, um, because the the three most common findings in the gut with autoimmunity, one is dysbiosis, um, second is uh, increased intestinal permeability or leaky gut, mm -hmm. and then third is a decline in the diversity of the beneficial bacteria. So, okay. um, yeah, I love to you know do the the Genova stool test, and then so to diagnose the uh, the leaky gut uh, component, I would look at the secretory IgA level and the stool. Um, sometimes I uh, do the zonulin level. So that, that tells us a lot about that. Um, and then with the reduced diversity, I like to look at all those keystone species, the beneficial bacteria, you know, what are the levels of those that are showing up because they're, they're so important. And then with the dysbiosis, if I am seeing uh, some of those potential pathogens overgrown um, and there's low beneficial bacteria and leaky gut, then I, I'm definitely going to um, try to treat them typically with, you know, botanicals or herbs. Got it. Yeah. That makes sense. So kind of like a case by case, you know. Sure. Yes. I think sometimes what we find is, um, you know, if you just balance a lot of the good bacteria, um, and help them out and crowd out some of those potential pathogens, you know, it might be a little bit of a, a, a modulation rather than sort of a weed and feed approach. 
Absolutely. And that's kind of my whole focus in the book is uh, not focusing too much on the microbe, uh, although I, I talk about like the five main keystone bacteria in detail and, you know, love the, the science of that. But we also want to make the terrain of the body inhospitable to infections. You know, we want to make the environment uh, inhospitable, and then that gives your immune system much better chance to to work. Uh, and then you're right, yeah, enhancing your good bacteria, many of them have antimicrobial effects and crowd out those potential pathogens. Yeah, love it. Well, what do we know about you know with respect to the, the kind of the E part of the Tiger Protocol? What are what are some of the foods? Um, I mean, we talk a lot about prebiotics, or I guess we talk sometimes about prebiotics. But just from an overarching diet perspective, it's so confusing out there sometimes. For there's just so many opinions. What where, do I where, eat? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what what do you think is the the diet we should be eating just to improve gut microbiome function, overall gut health, and just overall, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I split it up into my phase one diet and the phase two diet. Um, the phase one diet is more of an elimination diet where you're eliminating common foods that have been shown to be sensitivities in, in many autoimmune patients like uh, gluten uh, and dairy. And also sugar has been implicated as inflammatory, so avoiding that. Um, so it's more restrictive, but I think it's important to remember that's short term. And then in the long term, you want to expand to the phase two diet, which is a more broad, uh, diverse diet, go through the reintroductions, you know, systematically. Um, how I, I go through how to reintroduce uh, foods over eight weeks because uh, I think people really benefit from getting the details on that. And um, and then long-term, yeah, I'm a big fan of these uh, prebiotic foods. Um, of course, I love fermented foods as well, which are well known to reduce inflammation and boost microbiome diversity. Um, but the prebiotic foods I feel are a little bit less emphasized. Um, so I uh, do a deep dive into all the different categories of prebiotic foods like uh, polyphenol rich foods, uh, inulin containing foods, uh, resistant starch and the three subtypes of resistant starch, um, arabinoxalans, uh, mushrooms. And so um, with each of those, uh, you know, I, I love to go into many examples so people can pick and choose because you don't have to eat all of these foods, but the more choices you have, the more you can find some foods that you tolerate and then add those because that will help with the microbiome diversity. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and you, you talked earlier when we were talking about your prior book, the Paleovedic diet, that is mm -hmm. primarily plant-based though still some animal protein. Do you still, is that still something that you would recommend in someone with autoimmunity? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think for most people, um, getting enough, uh, plant foods is important in the long term because of the, you know, that's how you feed the diversity of the, the microbiome. Um, I think short term, there could be a role for more of an elimination of, of plants and, you know, elimination of other things that might be aggravating you. But I think those are symptomatic of underlying gut dysfunctions like the dysbiosis and the increased intestinal permeability. So if you can heal your gut while you're on a more restrictive diet, then hopefully you'll be able to tolerate more of those plant foods without an issue uh, down the line. That makes mm -hmm. perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Well, <clears throat> another thing that you mentioned that I, I did want to hit on, you said something about the, uh, the, the quality of our food supply. Um, and I thought that was an interesting comment that you made. I just was wondering if maybe you could expand on that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's more research now about the um, additives in our food supply, things like uh, emulsifiers, 
uh, preservatives, the um, artificial sweeteners, artificial flavors. Um, and, uh, you know, so these are often in packaged foods and processed foods. But the interesting thing is, um, in Europe, the same packaged foods we have here are very different because they have um, a lot more awareness and regulation of these food additives. They recognize the harm. So the same exact uh, processed foods that, you know, these global companies sell in the U.S. have uh, much worse ingredients than the, the, their counterparts, identical foods in Europe. Mm. So I think, um, you know, the more we gain research on, on the negative effects of these foods, like, for example, emulsifiers are linked to increased intestinal permeability. Um, and um, I think the the more we'll be able to hopefully shift the companies to make more healthy options sure. available, um, you know, here in the U S as well. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I think I just read that. I think it was California that just banned like Skittles and, and various other candies. <laughs> and well, too. they should Michael, <laughs> Michael loves Skittles. <laughs> like I follow the Skittles thread all day long. So. Right. Right. <laughs> um, well, I also wanted to ask one more thing that's increasingly rare in our society, which is your the R part of the Tiger Ugh. Protocol, you know, and the, the rest, recovery, stress mm. management. Probably H the worst, HPA. the hardest one yes. of all of these. I mean, right, the hardest and, of the protocol. We don't mm. get rewarded yes. for doing it. So, right. I, I, like, how do we approach kind of correcting this orientation to the R? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, usually when I talk about stress, you know, I see my patient's eyes glaze over <laughs> and they just kind of like tune out. And that's why I specifically use the word rest in the protocol because it's like little different. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and then, you know, I always tell people there are many different ways to accomplish this. And uh, I'm a big fan of meditation. There's, you know, a lot of research on how meditation literally grows brain cells and uh, enlarges the size of your hippocampus, which is the uh, part of the brain that regulates stress. Um, so I'm a big fan of meditation, but that's not the only way. You know, in the literature, there's uh, shown to be benefit for autoimmune diseases in people who incorporate a wide variety of techniques, such as um, counseling and psychotherapy. Um, also, prayer is uh, very powerful. Uh, depending on your, you know, spiritual tradition, there's forgiveness practices, gratitude practices, you know, a lot of non-sectarian um, options. And for some people, journaling is very powerful, getting out in nature. Um, so you have to find what works for you, something you enjoy, and then try to practice it regularly. I love that. With with this multi-pronged approach, Dr. Keel, mm -hmm. um, how, how, what are, what are people seeing? Like, are you seeing a lot of results where patients are going into remission or decreasing their needs for medications or biologics? Is this something that you're seeing by using this root cause approach? Yes, exactly. And um, I always tell people, you know, that's my goal is use integrative medicine. We're not going to like suddenly stop your conventional medicines. Sure. We're going to use them as needed. But we're, uh, I am seeing, you know, I, and I have seen over the past uh, 20 years, you know, a really good response in terms of um, moving towards remission, reduce like patients on multiple medications, being able to reduce the number of medications. Mm -hmm. And then also the goal is um, if you're on one or two to try to reduce the dosages of those. Um, and uh, um, as a result, you know, my practice has uh, um, attracted a lot of autoimmune patients and that's the bulk of my practice right now. How, how do people find you hmm. to, to sign up to work with you? 
Oh, um, so I think the best way is um, through my website, uh, which is uh, dr. Um, spelled out uh, D O C T O R A K I L.com. So um, that um, has all the information about my, um, you know, clinic and um, other, other things I'm working on. I love that. Awesome. And, awesome. And, and Dr. Kiel, we can't thank you enough for spending time oh, with guess. us and giving us all this amazing information. Yeah. And we are going to encourage all of our listeners to check out drkeel.com and to get the Tiger Protocol book when it releases on May 9th. May 9th yeah. But before we let yeah. you, we're going to link to those in the, in the show notes. Yes. But before we let you go, we do have one last question that I'm going to kick to Michael Chapman. Oh, we yeah. always, yeah, we always have a silly question that we kind of end on. Um, <laughs> and it's meant to catch you off guard. Uh-oh. So that's okay if you feel this way. But <laughs> since yes. uh, we're going to, we we've got an argument. Ayurvedic based question, and my question is between the three doshas, if you were to say, what is the best book for each dosha? Like whether it's a fiction or a science fiction, what what would you recommend hmm. for Vada Pitakava? You got any like recommendations? A kind of, like a kind of book, not yeah. the exact book. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. Or an exact book. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, great. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so I think, um, you know, uh, those three doshas that you mentioned, um, so vata is more like wind and um, pitta is fire and kapha is earth. So um, we can start with earth because the kapha body types uh, in Ayurveda are strongly recommended to do fasting. So I would refer people to Jason Fung's book nice. on fasting. Nice. And, you know, big fan of that's very good for kapha body types. And then um, pitta is uh, with fire um, tends to also have more um, like of a competitive nature. Um, and um, so I think uh, um, books about team building Mm-hmm. Uh, are are really beneficial because um, that perspective helps to you know channel that that positive energy in a, in a healthy way. Um, and then finally with vata, you know, which is wind. Um, so again, the qualities of wind, um, kind of movable, light, dry. Um, so the um, uh, the mind body connection, like meditation, is mm. uh, yeah. um, really big uh, therapy that you know helps with balancing vata. And um, so I think uh, I'm a big fan of mindfulness. So either John Kabat-Zinn's book or any of the other mindfulness books would be very appropriate. That was so wonderful, Michael. He didn't even bat an eye. That he's was, he's unflappable. I, like the, <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, we're gonna get you off guard. He's like, bring no, it. I got this. Hold my beer. Um, I got this. Right. Yes. Great. Uh, great question. I was not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, Dr. Akio Palanasami, we can't thank you enough for spending time with us. And again, we're gonna link to your book in the show notes. Hopefully, everyone will check it out and they can check out drakio.com. And thank you so much for your wisdom and time. Yeah, it's an honor. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. You know, that was really helpful because I think your the question you asked was intuitive. Like when, when someone gets about a About di- the doshas? No. That, although that one about was good the books? too. Nope. Oh. About when someone gets a diagnosis of autoimmunity, it feels like a life sentence. And so I think yeah. this was helpful to give people hope to say, no, there's a way that we can treat this. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think it's, this is one of those cases too that's a perfect example of how to blend integrative functional and conventional medicine because as he's saying you know you have to be able to manage the symptom presentation as well like Mm -hmm. as you're doing all this hard work as you're doing all this stuff that's underground underneath the surface from a symptom perspective and changing behaviors or getting rid of toxins and all these things um you have to be doing it in a way or you have to be managing symptoms too you have to keep people sane and and ability to, to function Another thing I find very telling mm-hmm. is with that question about the, the books 
best Listen, for each dosa? I have, dosha? I, I have a, a point to raise with you. I've heard you ask fireballs like, what's your favorite sandwich? Or yeah. what's your favorite karaoke song? This one was hard. And I was he, he was unflappable. And that was a difficult question, Michael. So that put, took me I had layers. Part. I yeah. had layers. But you know what? what? I, look, Stanford, Harvard, Magna yeah. Cum Laude. I knew fair, I fair. knew layers was going to be all good with uh, Dr. Akil. Good point. And I wanted to know the answer, <laughs> so I was selfish about it. Plus, the fact that he went self-help on all of the books. Right, interesting. That tell, like it was like that's that's what a clinician would do at layers. heart. You know what I mean? Be layers. like, here's here's how each one of these doshas can be benefited. Wow. Not just like here's a sci-fi book or what have you or, or a, a witty answer. So I, I, I think it. that just demonstrates Dr. Akil's personality. Yeah. Next time on the Lab Report, Jacqueline Sclaver. Nationally recognized sports nutrition specialist. Oh, here we go. You know what's going to happen here. <laughs> You're going to use this podcast for Personal your Personal advice, baby. <laughs> You've been listening to the Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. I really do hope people email in because I think it would be cool to have listeners do the disclaimer to start the show every week. You think that's going to be the thing, huh? You think Maybe. People, you think our listeners who are mostly clinicians with full-time busy practices hey. are going to be chomping at the bit to do a disclaimer listen. for a functional medicine podcast? They're going to be like, well, I got to get fun. on that show. <laughs> clinicians are fun. They want to join in the fun. <laughs> so I think it's a good invitation. So if, if you're out there, email us, podcast at gdx.net. Tell us you want to do it, and we'll call you up on the phone, record you. Look, you could have the honor of uh-huh. being on yeah. this show. What an honor. <laughs>